1: Blue wire. Shout
0: out to any single parents who are watching or not watching, but listening to this podcast. They might right be
1: now. watching. They <laughs> might be watching. Who
0: knows? And, and, but shout out to them because being a single parent is almost impossible. Yeah. But long story short, kid was sick, puked all over my car.
1: Oh, poor guy.
0: Yeah. I was, I was on my way to go pick up Lindsay to the airport and he had already puked a couple of times. But I thought it was good. Like, we had a few hours. Energy was good. I was like, okay, we can at least make it to the airport. And we got to, like, North Temple. Yeah. How are you? You're home.
1: Totally awake. And, like, alert. (laughs) Breta bushy (laughs) tail. I've got all my faculties with me. I'm ready to go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hell yeah, Uh, Yeah. three, two, one.
1: Hello, hello, and welcome to Unsalvageable, a Utah jazz podcast, part of the Blue Wire podcast network. (laughs) As I'm going, I'm like, I've got a competing thought in my head that's like, do you remember all these words? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we are uh, I'm giving doing it, it our, we
0: are Hassan Whiteside. This episode's for you.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, Utah Jazz Podcast, blah, blah, blah. Part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network with me, Sarah Todd, Jazz Beat Reporter for the Deseret News. And as always, my co-host, Greg Foster. Greg, you might have to carry me on this one. <laughs>
0: I'm going to carry you through positive vibes only.
1: Put me on your shoulders and carry me. The power
0: of positivity is going to power us through this podcast. That is incredible alliteration.
1: Beautiful stuff. Listen, I'm tired. You're tired. Everyone's tired. But.
0: I got the Winnie the Pooh hoodie on right now. You know, just like gigantic, way oversized, feeling good about everything
1: this is a this is a sad podcast that we have to do because joe Ingalls blew his knee out everybody that's what happened
0: it was real bad um, i i was watching the game uh with with Lindsay because you know she's back from the airport yeah. you know, <laughs> back from back from traveling and I saw the play happen. I mean, you were in the arena and I just, I looked at her and I said, like, I've seen that exact play happen. Mm -hmm. Like one of my best friends blew his knee out the exact same way. And I was 10 feet from him when it happened. And I just looked at him and said, like, listen, I don't have uh, a degree in medicine, but I'm pretty sure that's an ACL.
1: Yeah. We we were seated in the corner really close to the court right where it happened. And so we had like the perfect view basically. And man, it was weird. I've, I've seen like pretty bad injuries, but this is probably the worst one that I've been in person for because it's not like you could hear anything pop or tear or anything like that, but it was clear that it was a non-contact play. And in real time, it's like, it slowed down. Yeah. His leg, his leg completely buckled underneath him and he straight up just collapsed. But the worst part was he screamed.
0: And it was
1: like it was like clearly things were not okay. And like because it was non-contact, the way that he collapsed and the way that he yelled, the entire arena immediately went silent. It was the it was the eeriest feeling. (sighs) It wasn't even like it took everyone in the arena like. 10 seconds to figure out what was going on immediately. Everyone was silent.
0: Yeah. And Uh so
1: you knew, and like everyone came over and like huddled around him. And uh, it was, you know, me, Eric Walden from the Tribune, Tony Jones from the athletics sitting there. And like, we all looked at each other and we're like, this is bad. We know it's bad because just the way that he went down to the, he, on his face, you could see it that he knew it was bad. Mm. And then He's on the court for maybe two, three minutes, something like that before, because they brought a stretcher out. He waved it off and wanted to get up. But then once he was like kind of hoisted up by one of the trainers and, and Doke, he couldn't, he couldn't even like unbend his leg or put any weight on it. Yeah. And so they like literally carried him off and he was, and he's like crying and in that two, three, four minute span or whatever it was. His knee was so big, it had yeah. already swollen up so, and it was,
0: it was just not, not good. Were, the reports from Woj was saying that the, his knee is so swollen right now that they can't operate, and that it, it'll probably be two or three weeks. Right. The Jazz uh, told us today to that the, the swelling. Yeah, down.
1: The Jazz told us today that he has to regain some sort of range of motion before mm-hmm. they can operate, and so that means swelling has to go down. He has to be able to at least unbend is like um so it's a bad one and at 34 years old on the decline of his career like
0: on that and on an expiring contract
1: yep um it's listen I don't know anything can happen but you know with what I know about Joe it's really hard for me to expect him to play basketball again
0: yeah it certainly is hard for me to believe that he's going to play in at least in the NBA again, maybe yeah. he signs a deal in Australia, uh, in a, in a lesser league, but you know, it gave me a lot of the same vibes as when I saw, uh, I was watching the, the game against the nuggets years ago, where Mehmet Okor tore his, his Achilles and was essentially mm-hmm. done after that. Like at a certain age, when you're, when you're on the decline, You know, there's just so many variables in that equation that it just, it, it feels uh, very finalizing. Uh, And look, Joe has been, we've been hard on Joe this season, but it's hard to not include him in the pantheon of great jazz
1: players. Absolutely. Of great role players in the NBA history.
0: Just an, yeah, an all time jazz guy, a guy that was basically signed to be like Dante Exum's friend and ends up being uh, a pivotal role player, a starter for the jazz and like a guy who's going to go down in the history of, of most beloved and just great jazz players. Like the guy has such a litany of, of highlights just on and off the court. Everyone I've ever talked to in in and around the organization has nothing but good things to say about him i have a brother i have a nephew both of whom are are autistic and joe and renee's work in the in that that arena that that area has been nothing short of inspiring seeing joe uh speak out about injustice uh especially racial injustice we did the uh the episode on Izzy a couple weeks ago. And of course he was front and center there. Um, He's just a beloved guy. And it really feels like just a, just a shot in the heart. It just, it's a a
1: way for things to feel finalized. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not like a good way. It's not like, you know, he's deciding that his career is over. It was decided for him.
0: Yeah. Like you said, like maybe, Stranger things have happened.
1: Definitely. Maybe like I'm not he can, saying maybe that he it, can
0: come back, you know, he's not exactly a guy whose game is predicated on athleticism. Right. We know that ACL surgeries at this point are are fairly standard and people come back from that. And that's what I'm I'm gonna pin my hopes on that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think what the most honestly the most likely thing to happen moving forward is that I'm like, you know, it's all. It, none of it feels good to say because, I mean, none of it would feel good to say anything about Joe getting traded away, even if he was completely healthy. And now that he's like had a season ending injury, it definitely doesn't feel good, but this, the NBA is a business and yep. um, the bottom line matters. And Joe is already on the trade block. And now the jazz probably aren't going to be able to net the kind of return that they would have when he was healthy.
0: Sure, but what's most
1: likely going to happen is that they're going to just try to offload the contract, uh, so that they can have the roster spot. Yeah, so that they can have the roster spot, and like if that happens, you know, they could always sign him, you know, to an honorary contract so that he can come back and retire as a jazz man. And I think that that's what's most likely going to happen.
0: I yeah, and I think that I think ultimately the jazz organization will do him right. He's, oh, yeah. he's, again, he's played such a pivotal role in his, what, seven, eight, seven, eight seasons here. You know, he's, he's the all-time leader in three-pointers made, like.
1: He's just, integral to what the Jazz have built.
0: Yeah, he's been a huge, huge part of what this team has done and, and where they are now. Yeah, it's really hard to overstate the impact he's had on the organization, on the community. Um My heart's just. I'm I'm having a hard time really uh, articulating, yeah, what Ingles means to the Jazz. What Ingles means to me, just yeah. as a fan of the Utah Jazz, uh, like just a beloved guy, like a guy who looks like your gym teacher who can walk in in any arena in the world and hang with any guy in there. I
1: know. I just I'm thinking about it was uh the morning of the memphis game so this is i don't know what day it is that was friday morning mm-hmm. um a shoot around and we talked to joe for a little while and we were making fun of his crocs and <laughs>
0: you mean he wasn't in uh in chucks
1: yeah he was wearing crocs <laughs>
0: wow that's how you he wears... know he's getting older when he's, he wears chucks when he has to dress up <laughs> Uh, sometimes you can you just need that little extra extra cushion extra padding (laughs)
1: yeah Yeah. and he was yeah he was like you know we were making fun of him and he was defending the crocs saying that they were the most comfy shoe he's ever worn and and like I was you know giving him about other stuff and this was on the heels of like this is after like we finished like kind of the on the record interview where we'd asked him know how he's feeling considering like the Olympics and everything and he was saying how great he feels and so like just thinking about that sucks (laughs) and then also after we're like after we walked away from that conversation I thought I remember when I first got here and and got on the jazz beat that I thought that Joe hated me (laughs) Um, and it took him a little bit of time to warm up to me but I think that slowly he started to realize that like I was, I was going to give as much as he gave. And so like, you know, he's a talker and I was like, yeah, well, me too. And then like, (laughs) Oh really? um, Yeah. (laughs) And so I walked away from that conversation on Friday and I was like, we're in a really good spot right now. Me and Joe, like we laugh and joke and like, we rag on each other. And it it was a good place to be. It's just, it sucks, man. It sucks. He,
0: He seems, he seems to have that relationship with like everyone. Yeah. That seems to and kind he's- of be the Joe Engel staple, whether it's his own teammates, it's the media, it's other guys on other teams. Yeah. Like a very affable, very gregarious guy who loves to dish it out, but can also take it. And
1: yeah, like his love language he just is loves- talking.
0: Yeah, exactly. I feel like he and I, <laughs> Joe,
1: come on the pod. <laughs>
0: come have beers with me, man. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. If you want to come on the pod, sure, that's awesome. If not, like it. I'll buy you some Fosters.
1: <laughs> Australian for beer.
0: <laughs> yeah. Terrible beer, but whatever. I'll drink it for Joe Ingalls.
1: I, I feel like I doubt that Joe would drink a Foster's. I don't know. Joe, no. Joe does not.
0: I bet Joe loves me. Corona. Joe does not strike me as somebody who's picky about beer, though.
1: Yeah, that's what I, I, bet if
0: you, I bet. If you asked Joe what his favorite kind of beer is, he would look at you and say cold. <laughs>
1: yeah, 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 <sighs> yeah.
0: I don't. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and try to predict the future. Uh, but in in the present, it's uh, it's rough. It's a really, really bitter pill to swallow.
1: I will say this: I've heard some rumblings. I don't know how much truth there is to it, but i've heard rumblings that he might be in the market to uh be an owner in australia
0: oh that's cool good for him
1: yeah i can see that sure if that's what (sighs) just broke a nail (laughs) oh well that was a weird way to do it yeah if that's what ends up happening for him uh I mean, I feel bad for them too, because just him and Renee. I guess we don't have to keep eulogizing him. The guy's not dead, you know. But, <laughs> um, you know, him and Renee basically they haven't been able to go see their family uh,
0: for a long time
1: since 2019, right? And it's been very hard on them, and very hard, especially on Renee. She's really, really close with her family. And, and so I can't imagine that, you know, this kind of thing, which I know is, it's tough to deal with anyways, but it's compounded, I think, by everything that sure. they've been dealing with for the last two, three years.
0: Yeah. Speaking of uh, compounding, you, you, you want to talk about the team? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business.
1: Sports is not uh, as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want
0: to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so
1: many more doors. The show is
0: called The The Deal. Deal.
1: Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast,
0: lunch, and dinner? Check. couple couple headlines of course uh quince and and daniel house are in health and safety protocols it just hits keep coming
1: here you know what actually on that before daniel house went into the health and safety protocol i had good reason to believe that he was in line to get signed to a standard deal awesome and You could look at him going into health and safety protocols as advantageous or disadvantaged disadvantageous. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Um
0: we're so good with words.
1: We're in the words business.
0: (laughs) The best Um,
1: words. So like he goes into health safety protocol. It's like, oh great, we don't get to see more of him during the 10 day. That kind of sucks. Cause that's what you want him on the 10 day for is to get a look at him more with the team. Right. Sure. That's not going to happen. So that's a little bit not to his advantage, but the f- two games leading up to him entering the health and safety protocol, he looked bonkers. Amazing. He looks great. So that's like the lasting memory you have of him with the jazz is him looking fantastic
0: on both sides of the ball.
1: Right. And so I, I have reason to believe that he, he was going to be able to sign for the rest of the year. But now that Joe is out, I feel like it's inevitable.
0: It's got it. It's almost a guarantee. We are turning this Daniel house into a Daniel home.
1: It is a Daniel home.
0: Which is, which is great. I think he's, he's proven that he's a, a, a valuable asset on this team. The type of guy, the jazz need toughness. Gets rebounds, can hit shots, can, can play the kind of switching defense you want. Just adds that, that element of versatility and dynamism and athleticism that this team, uh, sorely lacks and sorely needs. Yeah. So I'm, I'm happy about it. I, I certainly, I certainly hope it comes to fruition. I would hate to have to call you fake news, Todd, on this, on this podcast.
1: It's been done before it'll be, it'll happen again, (laughs) you know, (laughs) One thing about Daniel House that I'm going to be interested to find out about is he's been oddly, like, appreciative since he's been here in a way that makes me think, like, what the was happening to him in Houston? Because literally he was with the team for, I think, 18 hours by the time they touched down in Toronto for that early Uh January game. And I talked to him that morning after shoot around, which was his first, like he'd been on the plane with them and he'd been in shoot around. That was it. That was the yeah. amount of time he'd been with the team. And he was like, oh, wow, like Quinn Snyder is really nice. And everyone here is like so accommodating and nice. And I'm like, you don't even know these people. <laughs> like what I like since then, it's just been more and more and more about how he's talked about like how, you know, everything gives everybody gives him everything that he needs and everybody's available to him to answer questions or to like provide him with something. And like, it, it kind of feels like that's just how NBA organizations work. And so it makes me think like, what the, how bad were things?
0: Uh, how NBA teams work if they're not owned and run by Tillman <laughs> for Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: I yeah, mean, man, it doesn't, then, I, doesn't I look mean, good
1: for our guy Tillman.
0: <laughs> when you got Christi- Christian Wood and KPJ fighting in in the locker room. Throwing shit at each other. Throwing things, throwing things at, at uh, assisting coaches. I don't know. Like, yeah.
1: That's going to be an interesting story. like
0: there, there are problems in Houston.
1: Yeah, that'll be an interesting story to unravel. But I can't, like you I can't said,
0: wait for the expose that's inevitably going to come out.
1: Fake news. Todd might have to strike.
0: <laughs> hey, pitch it, pitch it.
1: So, yeah, going to turn the house into a home. What's next? What else we got on that? Uh, also, uh, hope, hope Quinn's OK. Hope I his, do, too. Hope his symptoms are mild, as it sounds like they have been.
0: We well we know everybody's we know he's vaxed so
1: we know he's at least double vaxed,
0: which, if you read the reports, if you follow the science, tends to lead to more mild symptoms. Yeah. So let's let's hope that is that is the case for for one Quinn Snyder. Um, other news, of course, is well uh, the Jazz have been without their their all star tandem for. Multiple games now. Um, and I guess Rudy's going to be back before the all-star break. They say that it, it's, it's a mild calf strain, but obviously out of an abundance of caution, they don't want him to re-aggravate it. Um, and it seems like they're playing kind of that same, same game with Donovan, but they just, they want him to be hundred percent. Right.
1: I mean, with Donovan, it's the the concussion protocol is so specific because you have to go through a certain amount of like exertion tests every day. And then you also have to be like concussion symptom free for 24 hours following any exertion. Uh And so if he's not been cleared from protocol, um, which is we were told at one point that he was cleared, but. It might have been before 24 hours of him actually having another symptom, you know. Right. So then he might have actually actually had to re-enter protocol. But like concussions are fickle, and this is not Donovan's first one either, which I think no. is important to note. This is a, at least his second, maybe his third, uh, in the NBA. And concussion symptoms can last like weeks, months.
0: Yeah, They're, and they are certainly nothing to. uh, to scoff at and and definitely something to take uh
1: right and it could be something very seriously like, it could be something as simple as like you know he he did his three-on-three drills and then the next morning he woke up and was still having like light sensitivity like it could be that simple but like the nba right. is not going to clear you if you're still like having sensitivity to light or like a migraine or any dizziness sure. and so as they shouldn't exactly and so any, any mild symptom at all that could be related to the concussion, even if it's not related to it, if it seems like it could be, they won't clear him. And, right. um, that's kind of what it sounds like it is. Yeah. And with Rudy, like you said, I mean, they, they don't think that it's going to last beyond the all-star break, but we're talking about a seven, two guy and one of his posts is strained. Right. So yeah, big dude. No reason to be no reason to be quick with that. But without Rudy and Donovan,
0: this team the looks team, awful.
1: When that's the thing, is like they're not built to look good without Rudy right. and Donovan.
0: Yeah. I mean, take any team in the NBA and dis like and take out their two best players. Like, imagine the Celtics without the Jays. Yeah. You know. Imagine the Suns without Chris Paul and Devin Booker.
1: Yeah, take away um, Steph yeah. and Draymond away from yeah. the Warriors.
0: Take away Giannis and Chris Middleton or or Drew Holiday, whomever yeah. you want. Yeah, no, no team in the NBA is going to look good with their two best players out. They're two All NBA, right. like, and and we're not talking about just like good players on bad teams. So these guys are multiple All Stars. They're going to be three time All Stars. I mean they're on all NBA trajectories. Like they're, uh, they're really good.
1: Yeah. And like, I think that that, that perspective is important because like, yes, the jazz have looked terrible lately, but like, like you said, any team you take away the two best players and then while the two best players are away, then you keep moving guys in and out of the lineup. Like they, they haven't had anything stable all month long.
0: Especially with health, yeah, people in and out of health and safety protocols, in and out of injury, in and out of injury, Mike signing, having to rest, yeah, signing guys to ten-day contracts, like, yeah, it's been it's been absolutely just a, a month from hell, yeah, and it's been I I I don't think it's a stretch to say it's been the the hardest uh, and, and most pressing of Quinn Snyder's tenure, and how could it how could it not be like no you put a, just about any team in these circumstances and they're not going to do well. It's just, yeah. it's it's been an absolute recipe for disaster. And that is exactly what happened.
1: Yeah. I think that a, a lot of people have heard the players and the coaching staff say things like, you know, it's about how we respond. And I think that I think that maybe the fans were expecting that response to be like on a game-to-game basis, but like from their perspective, they're like, no, like once we're all okay, then yeah. how do we respond to the fact that like we had a month?
0: Sure. Like, and I think the effort as of late has been there. I think that, yeah. you know, especially that's, I mean, it's been a brutal stretch Yeah, and they've had to play the three top teams in the West, you know, and I thought they competed both games against the Suns. I thought the game against the Warriors. I I thought the game against the Grizzlies and they just, at at the end of those games, they just were simply outmanned. Yeah. They're just without their, their two big guns. They simply cannot compete against the best teams in the NBA. That certainly does not um, excuse losses to the Pistons or, the Rockets or the Pacers, like there's been some really ugly losses
1: I think the, the, interspersed. I the earlier season, yeah, the, there's been a few losses in there that have looked very bad when, you know, like when they had Donovan or when they had Rudy or when they had both of them, the losses that we're eventually going to look back on the season and not like are the earlier season losses when everyone was healthy. Yes. The Pelicans, the Pacers.
0: That yeah, the the early loss to Memphis. I know Memphis is a good team, but that was a game that you had a
1: the loss a, to like, Orlando.
0: Or, yeah, the loss to Orlando. Like there, there are some mounting black eyes.
1: Yeah. And I think that those are the ones where it's like we want to see effort different from those early season losses. And like we're not mm-hmm. gonna know if the team is gonna look better than that until they're whole again. Yeah. And
0: and we, you know, with the trade deadline. Looming. yeah exactly what
1: does hole look like yeah
0: what what does this team look like in a week and a half It could be completely different yeah who knows i do you know I, i've made it known um on this pod online that i think that the jazz need to make some major changes um there was actually a tweet sent by our our boy andy larson that I am in total agreement with. And he says, I'm now raising my list of players the Jazz needed the deadline to three. They need someone to guard guards, someone with length who could rotate, rebound, and ideally shoot. They may have already covered that. If they do sign Daniel House, I think he'd be great. Right. Um, And I think, and he said, uh, a rim-protecting center to either push Whiteside or replace him. Honestly, with the way that Whiteside has been playing lately and the lack of effort, it would not surprise me if the Jazz cut him. He's been so, so bad. And and it's just, it's so, it it shouldn't be shocking. I thought maybe he had turned a corner because he had looked so good early in the season. And maybe that's all that we can ask for Hassan Whiteside. Maybe it is you go and play 10 to 12 minutes a night against other teams' second unit. And that that's where his niche is now and he can actually do well in that, but he has outside of that this season has been nothing short uh, of an, an unmitigated disaster. And it's almost completely effort-based.
1: Yeah. That
0: that foul he had in the, what was it? The Memphis game at the end of the game. Yeah. That just, you know, on top of just. The the games against the Suns where he just like legitimately seemed like he was offended that he wasn't on the injury list. That, that he wasn't one of the guys who was sitting out.
1: Oh, I think the the offensive foul was against the Suns, the second game yeah. against the Suns here at home. That's right. Where he just plows through, I think it was Ish Wainwright. Yeah. Just just <laughs> or or uh Jalen Smith. Yeah,
0: inexplicable.
1: Yeah. And there's, there have been,
0: and, and that's just a singular example in a laundry list of just lapses, mental mistakes, lack of effort. The Hassan Whiteside experience for 40 games was fantastic. I'm ready for the roller coaster to be over.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, it's, you know, what if Rudy never leaves the lineup and we never have to see Hassan take over as the starter on this team? Like sure. Yeah. Maybe I think maybe are totally we different. never even see this, right? Um, because he was pretty impressive through the first part of the season. It was awesome. Yeah. And there and there were nights where, you know, in those 10 to 12 minutes, the effort was incredible.
0: Yeah. Like when you're getting 12 minutes and you're posting double doubles.
1: Right. But he's like, starting and he like, you know, there's a night where he had like nine and six or something.
0: Yeah. Just like completely checked out.
1: Yeah. I don't really know how to explain that. I'm, and I, I feel bad for the guy because, you know, coming off a concussion, coming off of yeah. having COVID for almost two weeks, his kids got COVID. And I mean, he was really emotional in one of the post games when we talked to him. I think it was after that son's game, actually. Yeah. He was visibly emotional. <laughs> And, and I get it because on top of all of the things that are happening to him personally and injury wise, he's also getting a ton of criticism, but like he's getting criticism. If, if it was just like, you could tell he was winded, you know, yeah, I wouldn't be saying anything. If you could tell that he was just like tired and fatigued and like, didn't have his legs under him, but it, it's not that though. And it's so fit I do up effort. Yeah. I don't think that the criticism is misplaced with Hassan and especially because the things that we're criticizing him for, like you said, are the same things that he's been criticized through in Miami, Sacramento, in Portland. Uh, and it's, it's here too. And I think that it's possible that in the role that the jazz brought him here to be in that, you know, 10, 12 minutes a night, possibly even less when it comes to the playoffs there's a chance that he could shine in that role.
0: Yeah. I don't think but we can expect worrying. anything else.
1: Yeah. But it's worrying that you have to kind of hope for it.
0: Yeah. And I do. So I'm, I'm a hundred percent in Andy's camp. I think they need to go out and I, I'd i have to take a look at who would even be available, who, you know, who they could pick up, who would get bought out. There's got to, but there's got to be someone right? who can at least, push him and replace him if necessary, because we keep talking about guys being a liability and I don't think any of them are bigger liabilities to the team right now than Hassan Whiteside.
1: Yeah. Cause it's, I mean, it's really frustrating in a couple of those games where you've got, you know, players who don't get opportunities playing next to him, you know, some like the Elijah Hughes's and Jared Butler's and yeah. Daniel houses of the world. And they're playing their tails off in those uh-huh. games. And and Hassan wasn't.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's, again, it's so frustrating too, when you see a guy with so much potential and I know. Like there's, there's a resume of him doing so much, so many good things and being a guy, you know, who honestly, if he puts it together, has all-star potential, but then doesn't put it together right. for the most frustrating reasons possible. And that is a lack of effort. The right. intangibles are there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think at this point too, what can be frustrating is watching him play with guys like Mike.
0: Yeah. Who wanted so badly.
1: And Mike is yelling at him three, four times during the course of a single play to get him Mm -hmm. to screen at the right position. Yeah. And like he, I mean, he's been with the team since the beginning of the year. Like he should know where he should be on offense at this point.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And, and he's still being told where to go. Like, I watched Mike tell him like Hassan 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 like over here now like I I shouldn't have to happen
0: no not at all it's been it's been really bad um and even outside of of Hassan they just yeah they look they look awful um along with just like the incredibly the, the, the the terrible streak of bad luck um and the defense, there are times where like, I think over this stretch, like the effort's been there, but they just simply don't have the horses. They don't have the manpower, you know, and, and, you know, we, we talked about it a couple, this was weeks ago, the Marcus Morris quote about uh, the identity of the team where he said, yeah, they're still the same team, ain't nothing change. Uh, Rudy protects all of them. None none of them can really defend. Just funnel it to him. And it's tough to, he's a great player and he does a great job, you know, anticipating, staying down, being real solid. So you know who they are. And and the fact of the matter is Marcus Morris didn't lie. He was spot on with that. And again, a recurring theme on this, like in on this pod, like the NBA knows this. Yeah. And it is, it is such a glaring problem that I am not ready to like put a nail in the coffin in this season. There's still a lot of games to play. Guys can, guys can get healthy. I think that things can get corrected. Um, but I do think it's going to need, there. there is additions that need to be made and there needs to be a completely different mindset. I am encouraged what, by what I've seen over the past few weeks I think guys like Eric Paschal and Daniel House, even Mike Conley has really, like, like, they've brought some fire and energy. And if that can translate when Rudy and Donovan are back, then I think it can net some positive things.
1: Yeah. And I think that we're looking at, you know, because the Jazz have honestly a lot of open spots right now. Mm-hmm. And all, a lot of minutes that guys have been playing for. And I think that Pascal has probably earned himself uh, at least in the, in the near future, he's going to be playing in some Joe minutes and.
0: Absolutely. And he deserves it. He's been he great. It.
1: Yep. He deserves he's been,
0: it. He's been just, he's awesome. Like, yeah, he is going to go down as one of those guys that jazz fans just love. Yeah. I mean, we love a lunch pail guy, you know, Trevor Booker, Jay Crowder, Matt Harpering. You know those kind of guys. That's that's exactly who he is.
1: Yeah, and so, uh, so the spots that they've got open, all the way down to the fact that they, they don't have Malik Fitz anymore, so they got an open two way, right? Yep. They've got the two roster spots on the roster they had open, the one that they left open throughout the season, the one that Meeioni held originally, the two uh-huh. spots, and then Joe uh, to replace him. And so yep. the way I see it is, you replace two of those with Eric Pascal and Daniel House, and then you still leave a spot open to bring someone in at the trade deadline, which I think is going to happen. Agreed. And I, I also
0: think, you know, this brings up an opportunity for guys like Elijah Hughes to become a part of the, the rotation. Yeah. You know, and I, Trent Forrest might get more minutes when he gets healthy from his sprained ankle.
1: Yeah. Jared and I Butler think that-
0: has it, has an opportunity as well.
1: I think that those guys will get opportunities like down the stretch. I mean, especially, honestly, especially uh, Trent and Elijah, because they're going to be lacking Joe that, you know, someone's going to have to step in and do like more ball handling duty because yeah. they don't want Mike to just take over those minutes. Cause the whole point of having Trent step up for a few minutes a game anyways, was to give Mike a little bit of relief and Mike's mm-hmm. carrying too much of a load right now. And so he's going to need even more rest as the season goes on once everyone's healthy. Right. And so those opportunities are going to be there. I don't think that those are answers for the playoffs. You know, I don't think that like Elijah Hughes and Jared Butler are going to be able to step up and like be answers for you in the playoffs this season. Right. But like, I think that the opportunities that they have this season could bear fruit in the seasons to come.
0: Yes, absolutely. You know, and I think they made a long-term investment with a guy like Jared Butler. Right. For that exact reason.
1: I, I totally think that Jared Butler is drafted not to be anything now or even next year. Jared but you need you need a point guard when Mike Conley retires
0: yep exactly I think that and Jared Butler I think that's is exactly very good. what it was yeah yeah he has a great feel for the game um once the game slows down for Jared Butler you can still see that he's a bit overwhelmed at the speed and the pace and 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 the quickness he has to make decisions. And rightly so. He's
1: gotten almost no time on the floor. Right? Yeah. It's
0: it's totally understandable and it's totally justifiable. And I have absolutely no qualms that he's going to, it's going to click for him. We saw it, you know, a much milder case, but we saw it Donovan's rookie year too.
1: Saw it with Trent Forrest last year. Yeah.
0: We see it. We like, it's a very natural thing to happen when people progress from college to to the NBA what he has
1: consistent reps too because if you think about Trent Forrest last year where he was getting spot minutes here and there here and there here and there Donovan and Mike both go out near the end of the season all of a sudden Trent Forrest is like starting games yeah and and playing backup in games and he's playing like full rotation minutes and very quickly it started to click for him and so once you started getting like consistent regular rotation minutes and like those opportunities will come yeah
0: and i and I have no doubt he'll be fine. there's just a learning curve
1: yeah a lot happening with this team. I feel bad for them it too, sucks. because like
0: it's yeah it's and it's, it's just, been
1: a it, bad month
0: yeah it's just everything was going great they had that what they won like 16 of 18 or something like that they were just <laughs> yeah. they looked so good and then just an avalanche, just, just an, a giant sandwich. So good at talking. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, I wish I could say that, you know, everything is sunny and, and, you know, peaches and cream right now, but it's not. Mm -hmm. However, I, I'm not, it's, it's not doomsday. The sky is not falling. You know,
1: I think that I think we're going to have to wait until post all-star break yep to decide whether or not what what the sky looks like
0: yeah you gotta you gotta weather the storm I still think
1: you gotta get through the trade deadline figure out who's actually gonna be on the team and then and then give them a couple weeks and so when we come back from the all-star break then what does it look like
0: yeah I that's exactly it so it sucks right now. It's, you know, the Jazz have lost 11 of 13, five straight. It's been a giant kick in the nuts. It's not fun to watch this team. The vibes are bad. Um, but the sun will come out tomorrow.
1: It will. you're a beautiful Annie.
0: (laughs) (laughs) If nothing else, if only I was daddy Warbucks, my life would be a lot easier. Let's just stick with the doom and gloom for this episode.
1: You know what? That's what you come here, folks. That's why you come here, right? Yeah. Literally. Hey, I'm in town for two weeks, so I got some time to breathe. We can do a bonus.
0: Hell yeah. As a bonus. That in the industry is called a tease, folks.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Stay stay tuned. Ugh, <laughs> uh, it's been a it's been a bad couple of weeks.
0: I'm glad you're back though. That was a lot of travel it- for you.
1: January was, it was rough (laughs) for them. It was rough for me, man. January was heavy travel.
0: How was Memphis though? That's a cool city.
1: Oh, I ate so much barbecue.
0: (laughs) So jealous.
1: (laughs) It was very good. Uh, Also ate at this really cool spot. Shout out to the Flying Saucer in Memphis. Very cool beer burger joint. Nice. And the burgers were delicious just so good uh i had this one called a whiskey burger that came with a blackberry compote and whiskey cheddar on it
0: Ooh, okay
1: mm. Mm. so this, is, this also, is my
0: this is my love my love language is talking food
1: they also have this program so it's the flying saucer and they have like plate saucers like yeah. all over the walls and all over the ceiling <laughs> and and there's this thing called the UFO club where you pay um, $18, which is like not a lot of money, not, not a ton of money. You get a t-shirt and you get like a little swipey card that you swipe when you come in to the restaurant. And once you taste 200 beers, you get your name on a saucer on the ceiling.
0: If I lived in Memphis, I would have my name on a saucer.
1: It's like such a that's cool. Awesome. It's eighteen dollars.
0: Yeah, that's cool. That's cool as hell. That's all. a deal. Yeah.
1: So yeah, if I lived in Memphis, I'd be a, I'd be in the UFO club.
0: Shouts to beer.
1: Shouts to beer.
0: It's good. Speaking of beers, I get to see you this weekend. I know. And we're gonna drink beer.
1: It's Colin's birthday.
0: Because it's, it's the one day a week that I actually get to drink a beer.
1: I haven't had a beer in a while. We're gonna beer's celebrate a- Colin.
0: We are. He's a sweetheart. We love him. He's gonna
1: be he's gonna be thirty-four years old. Such a sweet baby boy. What a baby. I know. What tiny a child. Baby. Look at him. A tiny baby.
0: <laughs> All right. Let's put a bow on this. I don't think anybody wants to hear this
1: you guys you know what to do <laughs> rate review subscribe download do all the things we love hearing from you send us an email unsalvageablepod at gmail.com follow me at nba sarah follow greg at dad Sham dad and we will talk to you next time positivity good vibes only <laughs> that's our A- asmr outro
0: Snyder is going to be healthy. Rudy Gobert is going to come back stronger than ever. Donovan, Donovan Mitchell's
1: pitch. head is so strong.
0: He finally got hit so hard, he's going to play some defense.
1: <laughs> All right, we're done. <laughs>